you're wrong flat out, I, you may not get there. And it definitely won't be as gracious and it's not as diplomatic, if you will, also. Mm. And I think diplomacy is really important because unless this relationship is a one-time interaction, and even then it's gonna negatively speak to your personal brand. So if you wanna get back to personal brand, if, even if it's a one-off with somebody that you're never gonna see again, how is that speaking to your personal brand if you're being like, you're like, no, that's wrong and that's it. Hi everyone, if you're interested to learn and build an influential personal brand, this episode is sponsored by my personal branding guide, where I'll show you how to stand out in the social media landscape, build online communities, and monetize your expertise. You can head onto the website at www.thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash guide. Again, the website is www.thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash guide. Welcome to the Drive to Succeed podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Drive to Succeed podcast. If it's your first time tuning in today, my name is Daniel, the host of the show. The Drive to Succeed exists to give you new knowledge, wisdom, and truth in the world of entrepreneurship and self-development. It would really mean the world to me as well if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This way we can improve our search and visibility and impact more people too. Let me ask you a question. Is etiquette still relevant in our modern society or is it an outdated practice and only meant for the elite, the rich, and the famous? Today's guest is no other than Taylor Elizabeth, also known as the Elegance Advisor. Taylor has created a unique approach to traditional social etiquette, making etiquette relevant that is not outdated so that it can be usable and accessible. In this episode, we talk about the three pillars of etiquette how does it affect your personal and professional life and relationship and overall personal brand? Can etiquette be faked? What is the difference between being nice and being direct to win an argument? During the interview, I was actually joking Taylor about is there a Zoom etiquette now? <laughs> and what is the importance of etiquette in the workplace considering we lack the face-to-face -face interaction right now? And interestingly, there's one question that popped up where, because we're talking about etiquette, and we as Filipinos, or me myself as a Filipino, do we really have an advantage because our fun, loving culture and hospitable nature? So many more in this episode, so make sure you stay until the end. So without further ado, let's welcome the Elegance Advisor, the one and only Taylor Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. All right. So the reason you're here today is because when when I check on your Instagram, it kind of intrigued me as well about uh, the, the one thing that you specialize in, which is called etiquette. And for some reason, even most of the people right now, when they hear etiquette, one of the things they always think, is it just normal or is it just social standard that people will need to follow? And why is someone specializing in that field and teaching us how to act in a certain way? Um, but before we dive in into etiquette, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what's your background, how do you started doing what you're doing right now? So thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. And I love talking about this subject. So I really appreciate it. So I am an etiquette coach and image consultant. And what I like to say I'm doing, and this kind of answers your first question, is I like to say I'm trying to rebrand etiquette because you bring up an incredibly important point. And that point is, 
is etiquette still relevant? I mean, don't we all know how to be polite? Don't we all know how to behave relatively speaking? So then why do you need a coach like myself to you know, advise you on certain things when it comes to etiquette? And I would say that what I'm doing is etiquette is something that's existed for for a very long time. And what it is, is they, it is guidelines and rules which are flexible and have developed over time. So they're not these archaic old rules that maybe we followed in like the you know, 19th, 20th, early 20th century kind of thing. These have evolved over time as society evolves and they are guidelines to make our interactions socially and professionally as smooth and as effective as possible. They're, they're like little you know, tips that you can keep in your back of your mind somewhere or in your pocket to help you in usually challenging situations, usually. Um, most more challenging the situation, the more I find these tips to be helpful. And is it still relevant? Absolutely, it's still relevant because I feel that as we, for two reasons, as we are becoming, the world is becoming smaller because of globalization and the interaction of people coming from different cultures, yeah. different cultures have with them different traditions and different ways of interacting with each other, both professionally and personally. And as we all interact with each other, it's good to know what those rules are from each other's culture so we can better understand each other and be more productive, either in our interpersonal relationships or in our professional relationships. And the second thing is, I feel that maybe with younger generations, but even, even gener the millennials and the Ys and the Zs or whatever it is, all those yeah. generations, all of those generations, I feel like because we've moved, and especially right now, online, and things are becoming more and more removed, the human element, I believe that etiquette and these soft skills, so what I teach a lot is soft skills. So these soft skills are incredibly important, mm -hmm. and maybe people don't realize what they are, we don't put a name to it, and they don't really develop them as much as they could because they're incredibly beneficial for our personal life. So the way we communicate with people, the word, word choice, uh, you know, how we react to things, even in social settings. So like if you go to an event, like how to behave yourself. So when you don't embarrass yourself, but also so you, you engage yourself because there is something called our personal brand, right? Our personal brand is really important. We all have a personal brand. We are our personal brand. So we want to make sure we're keeping to that brand. And if you want to come across as a good you know, social person, or you want to yeah. be your best version of yourself, you kind of need to know what the rules are. And then professionally, the same thing. So professionally, especially if you come from a, a different culture, for example, if you come from a part of the world into a more cosmopolitan environment in which the business culture is, let's just say, international neutral. There is like an international neutral way of doing business. It's heavily influenced by Western culture. And mm -hmm. so it's really important to know that. So that way, when you're in meetings, you know how to put your best foot forward. And so that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I do and what I instruct on both socially and professionally, as well as for children. So in children, it's, in children, it's very children. It's, it's table manners. You know, it's yes. things of that nature, table manners, word choice, you know, the magic words. Things, of, things like that, those are laying foundations because they are soft skills and these are mm -hmm. soft skills they're gonna use throughout their entire life and only build on. So that's what I teach to children. So yes, it's totally relevant still and still really important. Yes, interestingly, I didn't know that etiquette, I mean, you should start etiquette while people are still in, I mean, while you know, they were young and they were kids, right? Because yeah. obviously if you know, they grew up with bad etiquette, then they're going to bring it to the workplace, which, which will affect their reputation, their personal brand, whatever you wanted to call it. Um, interestingly, also, you mentioned about personal branding, which is one topic that is close to my heart. And because you, you're teaching etiquette, can etiquette be faked? Okay, good question. Okay, so 
I think everything can be faked, but at some point it's going to come out in the wash, as we say in America, because I'm American. So we're going to use that expression. Um, yes, I think you can, I don't personally believe in that. I believe in, there's, there are three principles of etiquette that I follow. One is consideration. The other one is to be honest. And the last one is to be respectful. Those are the three pillars of etiquette. And I follow them like to the T because I think it's really important. So no, I think you should be genuine. You should be truthful to yourself. So I think, yes, sometimes, and actually there was a really interesting question I received that, you know, etiquette is half believing and half faking it or something to this, 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 this uh, question. And no, I don't, I don't believe you should fake it. I think it should be an adoption. This is actually what I teach. So I did go to school for a diploma in etiquette. I have a background in business and in international public relations. I traveled all over the world, meeting tons of people. I was really fortunate to do all that. And I have to say, like, I think it's really important that you develop a sense of you know, decency and kindness and all these things. And it should not be faked. No, I don't think it should be faked. Now, there are some situations in which your natural inclination is going to be to maybe react aggressively, which is yeah. not necessarily polite and rudely. So how do you deal with that? And dealing with that, I would say you're not faking it. These are like mechanisms to, to learn how to better engage with people, like anything, any skill. So this is a skill and this is the yeah. development of that skill. So like you, these are, this is a lot to do with emotional intelligence. So mm -hmm. you acknowledge the reaction, like the trigger, whatever it is that's, that's affecting you. And instead of you make a choice, instead of responding rudely, you have learned different skills and tips on how to engage that person effectively. So you're not being fake by any means. It may not be your natural inclination, yeah. but like anything, you override it just like because you, not because you have to, but because you want to be effective. So that's a very important thing when I meet with my clients is you have to think, what is the desired outcome and how are you going to reach the desired outcome? So that's where the politeness comes in. It mm -hmm. may not initially come to you naturally, but mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, um, like they say with gratitude, right? Gratitude and gratitude is a mindset. I believe yes. elegant, what I teach or etiquette is also a mindset. So you need to get in the mindset. And the mm -hmm. only way you're going to do that is by practicing it and being conscious and overriding and learning your triggers and the emotional IQ development and things like that. Yes. Interesting. So, because you mentioned about desired outcome, then consideration, honesty. What's the third one? I just, I just got lost. You want to be respectful. So it's uh, considerate of the other. Mm -hmm. So you always want to keep that as a frame, framework in your mind. Be considerate of, mm -hmm. an, of the other person. And then also you want to be honest. So you can be, it's honest, but with, you want to be honest with a sense of you, there's an intent there that is a positive intent, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not just going to start throwing around insults because you have an opinion, I mean, again, what is the, what is the outcome achieved with that? Absolutely nothing. It's, it's, you want to be, it's honesty, but with kindness, right? And then mm -hmm. the respect, the respect part is you're not going to use derogatory language. You're not going to use swear words. You're not going to use mm -hmm. racial slurs or religious slurs or any of those things. That's a, um, you know, a way of being a mindset that you're just really going to try to avoid all those things because that wouldn't necessarily be how we would define a very gracious or polite person. Is there a way to, you can say, you know, or not agree on a certain topic where you can still maintain that etiquette? Because sometimes yes, it, can, it can get a heated, you know, mm -hmm. battle of words. And Yes, absolutely. So the, the way and actually I deal with this quite often with clients, usually when I'm doing workshops, because I do quite a few workshops in which we do um, how to deal with uh, either constructive criticism or a lot of times it's very uncomfortable or challenging 
situations. Now we're in, we, we face this all the time. I've met with a lot of managers in which we have to discuss how you're going to have the discussions of, I need to reduce your salary, or unfortunately I have to let you go, or we have to have difficult conversations with stakeholders because of the dynamic change because of what's been happening with COVID-19. It's all in what you say, not what you're saying and how you approach it. So if somebody is saying something to you that you disagree with, it's something that, I mean, maybe it's totally out there and you're like, I have no idea where this is coming from. So the first thing I would say is you need to take a moment and step back and you need to breathe, center yourself. This, and this is going to feel like it takes forever, but it's like four seconds. And if nobody notices those four seconds, we all notice, but nobody notices the four seconds. And then think, what are my triggers in the situation? Am I approaching this in an emotionally neutral set state or am I feeling like emotionally with a knee-jerk reaction or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, where, what is, where is my, I do need to do like an emotional thermometer. Like, where am I on this? Is there something here? Like maybe they're just saying something totally neutral, but I have a lot of history with this topic. And so therefore I'm not going to respond in a neutral manner. So you figure that out. And then you can say you want to follow this pattern. So you want to acknowledge what the person says. If there are, if there are any positive things you can say at that point. So there's a five to one rule with the human brain, the way it works. <laughs> we need five positives to override a negative mm-hmm. and, or, and we're much more receptive to remembering a negative than any positives. So if you're not going to say something positive in the beginning, it, it, people's ears just shut off. This is, uh, yeah. you know, people don't actively listen all the time. We wish yes. that they did, but it doesn't necessarily, especially in an argument, right? Nobody's mm-hmm. really going to listen. Mm-hmm. So you want to acknowledge a positive that may have happened in, in the conversation. So for example, somebody saying something negative, and like, well, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate what you're telling me. You do have some valid points, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. However, I do not agree. <laughs> so you can state, you can state the, disagreement like you do not have to say you don't have to you know never disrespect your own boundaries okay and never disrespect something that is not true because if it's not true like you don't have to go with it by any means but it's just how you say it so i i don't agree with you and then i would try to offer not tell so the next part is don't tell somebody something offer a solution or Mm -hmm. offer an alternative perspective. So could we think about it in this manner? Or could we approach it this manner? Or could could it possibly have happened this way? So you always wanna open the possibility of and not using the you're lying or Mm -hmm. you're wrong or the you things, it just makes people's ears shut and like nobody's listening and then the conversation and then from that point it just escalates so that that's one thing that that's one tactic it's really what not so much what you're saying how you say it and then that approach understood but isn't it will be quite ingenuine if you started with a positive and say however because everything you said from the beginning and then you mentioned like but or what however that becomes totally irrelevant because now the person is like all right so what's the problem What, what is you know it it puts a juxtaposition between the two parts yeah Yeah, in a in a sense yes but you're being gracious so the graciousness is trying to override because you're just trying to smooth out the situation because it's an Mm -hmm. argument so it's it's not that you're negating everything plus i mean not everything most of the time unless i mean i'm sure there are situations in which everything that person is saying is like totally you're like there's no basis for this whatsoever but in human dynamic and 
there's always some, there's always a lot of room for mis- gray area and a lot mm. of room for misinterpretation of things. Yeah. And we both have responsibility in communicating. So if mm-hmm. somebody is saying something like they, you could have said something and the other person heard it in a totally different way. So you think you're right and they think they're right. And like, who's right in this? Because that mm-hmm. is, I mean, you're both right and you're both wrong. So it's, <laughs> it's both. So by, yeah. by acknowledging that they do have positive things there. It, it, it's, it's about getting them in the right framework to actually hear what you have to say, because otherwise you're never going to get, again, what's the objective? The objective is to find a solution or resolution of this. And by just saying you're wrong, flat out, I, you may not get there. And it definitely won't be as gracious and it's not as diplomatic, if you will, also. Mm. And I think diplomacy is really important because unless this relationship is a one-time interaction, And even then it's going to negatively speak to your personal brand. So if you want to get back to personal brand, if, even if it's a one-off with somebody that you're never going to see again, how is that speaking to your personal brand? If you're being like, you're like, no, that's wrong. And that's it. And like, and then they, and then they're like, well, and then they respond and then you respond emotionally. And then it just keeps on going. That's not speaking very well to your personal brand. And then if you're, if this is somebody that you're having many interactions with, let's just say a colleague, if you approach it with you're wrong, like then it could go really negatively. It may not actually go any farther. Maybe that person is an introvert and it took a lot for them to try to argue with you. Maybe you're the boss and they're not. Maybe they won't bring anything forward to you moving forward. Maybe they will now dismiss you as not cooperative or not engaging and you don't know how that's going to negatively affect the dynamic or your success also and and your career long-term either if that's the reputation you start to get. So again, that's back to personal brand. So I would, I say it's always better. You don't need to be fake about it. You don't have to be like buttering them up. If there's absolutely nothing positive to Mm -hmm. say, then you don't have to say, I acknowledge anything in there. You can just say, I acknowledge your point, but (laughs) I I mean, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I acknowledge, I acknowledge you're acknowledging the human being because it's another human being and it's just yes. a much more effective attempt to mm-hmm. get it to not escalate. That's pretty much what it is. I just wanted to also ask about what is the difference between a sandwich method where you, you start with a positive, then you start mm-hmm. with, you know, maybe the criticism or offering solution, then you end it with a positive. Because yes. research shows that, you know, it's somehow diluted the message if you go with that approach. Yes. Okay. So, yes, there are two different thoughts on that. <laughs> I, I'm an etiquette person, right? So the more polite, the better. So I'm clearly going to say that this I like the more sandwich approach to it. However, you don't have to, I think it's like, how thick are those pieces of bread? You know what I mean? Like, how thick is it? Do you need, if, if you want to be really clear about it, then you can just be more direct. I mean, you can just still acknowledge it. So you, there's that first piece of bread and then you're delivering the words and then the end doesn't have to be as soft if you think that maybe you're being misunderstood. But I still, mm-hmm. I still say, yes, it's a, it's a question. I totally get where you're coming from with that. And I've, I've read those also. It, it just depends on approach. And I guess it all depends on context too. So mm-hmm. what is the context of this argument? Is it just like a one-off or is this a long going thing? Is there going to be follow-up to this discussion? I think in a face-to-face especially if it's in public with other people around, you want to try Mm -hmm. to diffuse that argument as much as possible. And then you can always follow up more directly in an email. Again, politely, you don't have to do the sandwich method, but you can go, you can go right in for it, (laughs) but there's always a polite way. There's always a more polite way to do it. But yes, I thank you for that point because I do. Yes. I understand exactly where you're coming from with that. You do want to be direct 
and honest in your communications. But I think it's more like, do I want this? Do I want to diffuse this situation? And do I want mm-hmm. this person to hear me? Even if like the point is going to get a, not lost, but it's going to maybe get a little bit. I don't know. Again, the objective too yes, is like, yeah. what's the point? You know, like, are yeah. you want to make a point here or do you want to calm down the situation? <laughs> exactly. And, and one yeah. of the things that, that I really um, like believe in, in, in terms of argument is that, you know, you might win an argument, but you lose that person. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, I, I totally get where, where you're coming from from that as well. And I'm just really curious as well, like you mentioned about social setting, you mentioned about now that, you know, technology bridge in the gap of human interaction through technology. Is there a certain way how people should show up ethically in Zoom or maybe in, you know, in meetings? What are your thoughts? And is Zoom etiquette like a thing now or <laughs> no? Yeah, is it? Thank you for this. Actually, yes, it is. And I would encourage everyone to check out my Instagram page because I've done a couple, I've done a live on it. There've been a couple posts. Mm -hmm. So yes, for sure it is. It is. Okay. So what I would say, and I say about all, like all electronic communication or now tools that we're using, I would behave the same way you would as if you were in the office. So it's exactly the same. So for example, like for Zoom, yes, there's totally an etiquette zoom it has a lot to do with i mean preparedness is really important so if you have a zoom call make sure that your space is clear that you have the time set apart that you've notified those people in your home like for example young children i know maybe some of us can relate to this i had to tell my own daughter i was like mommy's going to be on a call because she's home from school now so she's going to be on a call so please don't interrupt me so you make sure you can your space is prepared you're mentally prepared your notes are prepared you have all of that totally ready to go that your technology is working properly. That's really important. And if it's not, I wouldn't just test it the last minute, like test it a good amount of time in advance. So you can notify the people if you cannot be on the call, because sometimes, I mean, if anything is going to fail, it's going to be the technology always, Mm -hmm. even now, even now with everything working much better than, you know, when we first started doing this, it's, it will fail. And then when you're on it, make sure, you know, there are the person that is running the meeting should be introducing people if they don't know each other. They, they need to command the meeting like, like as if whoever set the agenda needs to command the meeting like as if they were running the meeting in person. The mm-hmm. mute button is incredibly important. Please use your mute button. I can't like stress that, stress that enough. Uh, depending on the type of meeting it is, the hand raising is encouraged or not. It just depends. Uh, being respectful of your colleagues' time. So don't be on your phone or distracted or, you know, eating or drinking on the Zoom call. Um, That's also not good. I mean, especially, and there are certain times of the year where it's really not good, especially in the region which we live in during Ramadan, things like this. I really Mm -hmm. cannot stress that enough. Please don't do things like that. Um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of different things. If if you're planning the event, planning the meeting, or if you're attending the meeting, but those are some basic ones. So yes, there are definitely uh, Zoom Zoom etiquette. Also look presentable, please. Like, you know, be present. (laughs) <laughs> be aware of the meeting. These, it's just like you were in the in the in your office. And I actually yeah. would like to add to that for like WhatsApp chats for work mm-hmm. and other so other electronic communications. Please treat them as if they were business communications. Now they don't have to be in the same format because it's not the same platform. But like an email, for example, writing an email is very different than necessarily writing a chat. But if you're in a chat, like if you need to address somebody, address it to the person so they know respond to that message directly. Don't use a bunch of emojis. Emojis are fine. Mm-hmm. The ones that are, new, that are ones that are really like P 
PG ones, please. Please do not use ones that could have other meetings that are maybe not appropriate for work. Don't mm -hmm. use a tongue. There's been some research that says definitely use them because unfortunately with our written communications, it's very difficult to get tone. It's very mm -hmm. difficult to get intent and other issues. So if you put a smiley face after something that maybe could be like received as negative, then it balances that out. So that's useful, but those kind of things. And if you're going to leave a chat or you need to leave a situation, please don't just hang up and leave or, or remove yourself. Just notify the person that you are going to be leaving and that it's, it's a respectful thing to do. So those, that's some online Zoom kind yeah. of etiquette tips. Yeah, interestingly, I mean, uh, when you mentioned about e emojis, uh, I think not all companies are adapting with uh, with this you know type of communication tool as well. Um, but what are you? What are your advice? Because obviously, when when people use smartphones or they, their phones with as a communication tool, it totally depends on what generation that person is. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, people in senior management, they'll just send you a question mark and all you need to do is respond. And some people may take it negative why this person is sending me a question mark, you know, there are things like yeah. that. Or maybe some emojis that doesn't make sense. Um, is there an, an etiquette or the right way or not the right way to do it? Okay, so we always have to take into consideration uh, cultural differences, age differences, even gender differences depending in all of our communications, because that affects all of our, our communication. I would say as an etiquette person, it's always better. And that goes to the first rule of etiquette, the consideration of others. Mm -hmm. So in those, I always say, let's look for the intent. Now intent is very difficult to read in these mm -hmm. chats. I totally understand that, but you, I would just, I'm going to make an assumption here and say that you know this colleague. This isn't just somebody random from maybe a different office in a different country, but let's just say you know this person and you know the person is older and clearly from previous communication, they are not pretty well versed in how to use this technology. And imagine the environment that we're working in. It is um, stressful because imagine like you have to learn all this stuff super fast because we had to learn it very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would say give, this is the huge thing of etiquette. And I, this, I live by this one. You asked me, I think some things, please give that person the benefit of the doubt. And this goes into your emotional response and your triggers and things like that. So instead of assuming negative, just look at it comprehensively and say, okay, what am, what am I dealing with? here and what is the history been so they just don't know okay there that's one part of it then us as individuals this is our new normal so this being our new normal we should probably try to educate ourselves as to how to most effectively communicate using mm -hmm. these tools and in order to effectively communicate using these tools then probably do some research as to what the etiquette is and the etiquette is yes you should be direct and clear and polite. So yes, we should, in every communication, we should be like, may I please have this? Or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't understand that. But again, this is, a you know, being on your phone is very quick. And mm -hmm. if you're not used to it, or you're not aware of the etiquette, then yeah. just putting a question mark can totally happen. So mm -hmm. I would say one, look at the intent, try not to read too much into it, mm -hmm. looking at it, if you're looking at it, comprehensively and then also educate yourself as to how to more politely uh, communicate. So being polite, saying please and thank you is never overrated and it's never a waste of time. It's, it's never a waste of time. So, I mean, being the polite one right now, because again, I don't think, I would mm -hmm. say, although I do see a shift and I'm very happy about seeing the shift, I think that we kind of like, um, 
like an elastic, we go back and forth. And I think we're coming back now about more mindfulness and more mm -hmm. polite and grateful and gracious communications versus being, you know, a lot of trolling and a lot of nastiness that you see online. I, I'm seeing, I actually am seeing counter, a counterculture to this, which is wonderful because I really, that's, I don't understand why I, for, frankly, for life of me, I don't understand why that exists. I don't understand who has the time or the energy or that essence to be like that to somebody they don't even know online. That being said, so all of this is all of, I think the writing is people are becoming becoming more polite, but at the same time, being polite sets you apart from other people because mm -hmm. maybe other people are not so polite. So you will yep. be the polite one and everybody likes to work with the polite one. Like nobody doesn't like to work with the polite one, you know? Yeah. So I think, it, I think it cannot hurt you. I say, please. And thank yous are a really good thing. Um, you know, asking, asking in, in um, modal verbs. I love modal mm -hmm. verbs. Modal verbs are, you know, could, should, would versus want, can't, mm. It's, it's a more polite, it's just a word choice thing. So I think that that's more important as we are communicating, not in person. Because when you're in person, mm -hmm. you read tone and yep. you read body language and you read a lot of other things that influence the way somebody receives you and receives the information. Mm -hmm. But when it's in a message, it's like a question mark. You're like, where is this going? So I would just say it's a two-part part, part. You, how you respond to it and then educating yourself at the same time about what is a more effective way to communicate online. Interesting. Thank you so much. I, I didn't know what that was called, that could, should, would. Um, what is a modal, modal word? Modal verb. It's a modal verb, yeah. It's modal, a modal verb. verb. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and I just really wanted to ask uh, like quickly about this one because you mentioned about being polite, saying please and thank you. I know this is these are just like common uh, etiquette or manners that, that mm -hmm. people should adapt into, but isn't it there is a negative connotation on it? Like if you're too polite, so let's say for me, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm from Philippines. So originally or by culture, we are too polite. And one way it can get, you know, get in the way of, you know, being promoted or being, you know, standing up in the standing out in the workplace because we are so polite. So we can be, we can tend to be a pushover, like, you mm -hmm. know, unlike yes. someone who can show his or her, you know, true self or true nature without thinking about other what would say about if he or she is polite or not, you know, I hope you get a point. Yeah. Well, I would, first, I would just like to say that I absolutely love the Filipino culture. So honestly, I think it's wonderful. And yes, you are very polite and very um, gracious people, as well as very positive. And I love that vibe, honestly. So don't change that, please. I would just put that out there <laughs> for all your Filipino <laughs> listeners. Please do not change that. I, do, I don't think we should let the world harden us, right? So mm -hmm. I get this question a lot, especially when it comes from women and being seen as weak, right? So this is like, how do we keep, oftentimes it comes with femininity. How do you show femininity as a strength? I think that being polite in the face of somebody being rude to you, it takes way more strength than it does if somebody is rude to you and then be rude back. So how do you manage the balance of still sticking up for yourself, but being polite? So using please and thank you doesn't make it weaker by any means, especially if you want, this is the sandwich concept, right? But in the middle, if that middle part, you're actually setting boundaries, if you're mm. setting boundaries and being, and you're using language that is direct in your communication, you can still use please and thank you. So for example, if somebody, if you're a, if you're a manager and you need something delivered by saying somebody, you know, you know, dear, you know, dear Ali, may I please have that deliverable? It's really important by 3 p.m. or we're gonna, not going to be able to make this, 
we're not going to be able to make this deadline. You know, I really need that. Thank you. Like you can, you're being very direct. It's not like you're like going to be pushed over for whatever. Yeah. And it's not, and if, and if somebody's asking you for something and you just think like, oh, they're going to, you can still express your, you can still express your opinion, but the please and thank you isn't going to negatively affect that. I think please, thank you. And you're welcome. Those three things. I think we should yeah. be using those regardless. You can still, I mean, I don't think that, I mean, personally, I have a quite a strong character. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, I think all the women in my family have quite strong characters. My daughter is four. She has a straight, she has a quite strong character and I believe in it, but you can still be polite in it. You know, it's not, um, I don't need to, and I, I never felt this way. And I think as a woman, so I'm just speaking to the women out there, particularly because I can't relate as, as a male, yeah. but as a woman, um, I don't think you need to look at it like as in being weak by being understanding or considerate, you can still be understanding and considerate. You can still express your understanding and still express that, okay, yes, but we still need this. So I do, I, I respect where you're coming from. I know you're a human being, something happens or whatever, yeah. but the deliverable is still a deliverable. So how can we make this work? So this actually goes into a really interesting study that came out by LinkedIn, LinkedIn's global trend from 2019. Mm -hmm. They came out with like, what are the top trends, right? And soft skills is number one. Like it's like 92%, this is of hiring managers, I think hiring managers, or let's say um, people that are hi like hiring, they, what do they call them? They call them um, like talent, talent people. So when those people, they were like soft skills are really important because a lot of things are AI now, everything's being done for us. So these soft skills are really important. And a lot of them is, you know, how to be uh, cooperative and how to build teams and how to work together. And they say that, it's reason why people failed in position is not because of their hard skills, but their soft skills. And a lot of those things are as a woman are mm -hmm. feminine things like diplomacy, making, you know, interpersonal relationships, making sure for team cohesion, like these kind of things, they are traditionally feminine. I'm not male, female, feminine. Mm -hmm. And that being said, like those are total strengths and we should be embracing them. And the workforce is actually looking at that. So when they're interviewing people, they're giving them situational questions, which I'm sure you're really familiar with situational questions. They're looking, they're asking them, um, you know, very poignant questions about how they would respond to this, not just situational, but personally, like how they would respond to things. So it's getting there in focusing on that. So you can still be kind person, but still be respected professionally for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that that's shifting. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm just really curious as well. How do you get started with etiquette? Is, is there an experience in your life where, you know what, this is my pet peeve and I wanted to solve this. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I do etiquette. You yeah. Know? Thank you. Actually, that's such a great question. Okay. Um, pet peeves. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, that there are like the personal pet peeves, right? That like, we don't like this. We don't like that. Like that, those kind of things. But I feel like that'll be so much in the weeds. We don't even need to get into that. <laughs> so um, I would say personally, why I, why I decided to do this. And I actually struggled with this a little bit because I, I love etiquette because I do believe in, again, those three things. So you want to be considerate of other people. You want to be truthful and you want to be respectful. Those three things are just, it's a mantra of me, of my, and kindness. So kindness is the other part of that for me. So I've always felt that way. But when I was transitioning from doing international public relations to this, how did I get here? I struggled a little bit with it because I have a diploma in this. So I actually have certification and a degree in this, but I was like, how do I do this where, because I, I didn't, I couldn't reconcile one part of it. And the part of it is, I think, and we started with this is that people hear etiquette, especially if they hear I'm an etiquette coach, they like run 
Like they run. They're like, oh, she's going to judge me. Oh, she's going to, it's going to be like very critical. And that is, that is really the opposite of my personality and opposite of what I wanted. So I, it took me some time to figure out how I'm going to make etiquette relevant, that it's Mm -hmm. not outdated, make it approachable and make it so that it can be usable and accessible because those were really important to me. So I guess my pet peeve when it comes to like etiquette in general, the concept is that I think it can be often taught in a way in which it seems elitist and it seems removed from everyday life. When in fact, it is very much a part of everyday life. It is there to help us. So it it is tools and tips to help Mm -hmm. us in our everyday life. And I struggled with that when when I started. So that was like, I wanted to do this. I feel like there is, I want to get my voice out there to help people because I think life with purpose is the most important thing. And my purpose is one of the most important things. And my purpose is I really want to help people somehow. So how am I going to do this? Because I'm struggling a lot with that one piece of etiquette. Like it's not, um, you know, it's too posh or you have to put on, you have to put on airs, you know, to like teach this subject. And I was like, I don't, after, you know, I traveled all over, I worked with all these different cultures. They all have different approaches. They all have their own etiquette. And I don't, I don't like this position of making somebody feel badly about what they feel or how they behave because either they don't know, or maybe they think they know because their culture is different. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about a totally different environment. I think I really struggle with how am I going to teach people this in a new way. And I think that that's, that's why I got into this was because I was like, I want to teach people I want to rebrand etiquette. I want to make sure that people realize that it's wonderful tools and tips in their everyday life and that this should be empowering them. I don't want to make them feel badly about something that they could not have known or do not know or misunderstood or it's like new to them. Like, how are they going to learn and how are they going to use this if that's if they feel you know, if they feel that they have been insulted or they feel yeah. insecure about it. So that's actually my pet peeve when it comes to, <laughs> to the etiquette. I want to make sure that people feel that this is accessible and that this is something for them. Yeah, be, be, because I, I believe sometimes when it comes to etiquette, that can also be, um, a, there, there could be a form of, um, you know, a divide between the elitist. Like, you yeah. know, when, when you go on a social setting, they tend to like judge a certain someone if he mm-hmm. or she doesn't pick up the right utensil the right way or you know they can easily smell if that person had gone into etiquette training or not you know what i mean yes and i think that's that's actually a really great point so thank you so that kind of that information some of us have been blessed enough to be able to have that formal education or informal education in our childhood and that is often what i teach and some of us either because of situation or culture, because maybe you don't use forks and knives in your culture. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. We're again, we're looking at this from a Western perspective. So it's just Western perspective, like either you didn't have it or it's just totally different. And so then you're going to be judged for that, which I think is a really big disservice to the person doing the judgment. I mean, judgment doesn't look good on anyone. We talked Mm -hmm. about this before. It doesn't look good on anyone and it doesn't do anybody any good either. So like if somebody is looking at somebody else because they're not using the right fork properly, they're judging that whole person and they're losing out on a lot of things that could come from that interpersonal relationship because they've already placed judgment. So I want to help people so that they can be the best version of themselves in whatever setting. So if that's so social with a eating or if that's professional. I really want to empower people because those little details, yes, they can make a really big difference, unfortunately, because people are again, judging things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they can really be easily learned. And I think that maybe you can 
instead of having that be a barrier for you to get yeah. past exactly what you're talking about, they can actually excel and continue to excel because they've learned these little tools and tricks of etiquette so they can put on the best face forward. So they have, they face less of this judgment. You know, unfortunately that judgment does exist. Yes. All right. So thank you so much for that. So before my last and final question, where can people find you? Where can people find more about your work? Do you have a website on coming training? Yes. So you can find me at uh, the elegance advisor on Instagram. That's, that's a good landing to figure out what I'm doing. And then I do teach, um, zoom seminars which shortly will be up on my website which is actually being in transition right now but my website is it's the www.theelegantsadvisor.com you can find me there too you can find me on linkedin you can find me on there's a facebook group as well you can find me on facebook so these are all uh, areas you can find me and then all my information is on uh, my instagram my instagram is probably the, it's the fastest way that you can get information to me i'm pretty active on my dms and things mm -hmm. like that so wow. if you send me a message i will respond uh, yeah. actually actually that is a huge source of motivation daily motivation for me is all the wonderful messages that i get from everybody and it's it actually is really nice on a personal note, because I used to, like I said, I traveled a lot before and mm -hmm. you know, since becoming a mother and since uh, moving to Dubai and not doing the PR anymore, I travel in a professional sense less. And I miss that. And so I miss that interaction with different cultures. And so I'm really getting that through my DMs and I, and I really appreciate it. So please send me a message. I'm, I'm more, I'd love to hear from you. All right. So you can find Taylor on elegantsadvisor.com. And I assume you go in with the same handle on Instagram, is it? Yes, the Elegance Advisor. All right. Awesome. So before my last and final question, I just want to say thank you so much, Taylor, for coming in on the show and you know removing all the meats or just telling it out brutally honest about what etiquette is and how it can be relevant today and how you are rebranding etiquette as well for normal people like you know even the modern you know humans like us how we can apply it day to day uh, so my last and final question to you is if everything is stripped away from you your you know your business your books your workshops whatever that is you accomplish in maybe the next five or 10 years, if everything is stripped away from you and you got to start all over again, what would be your main drive to succeed? I want to set a good example for my daughter. That's where it would come from. If I had to restart over now, because I started my profession, not this profession, but I started my professional career long before my daughter. And I had different objectives, but now as a mother of a young woman and as a, as a woman myself, I would say, I want to make sure whatever I'm doing, any choices I make that I'm setting a good example uh, for her. I would, that would, that's what I would say, but through the way that I behave through my business ethics, through everything else, I would say, I want to make sure that, you know, at the end, she would be proud of what her mother is doing and that I am. And then I guess the second part of that is that I'm helping people. I really want that. That sense of purpose is really important to me. So those are the two things, family and purpose that really anchor me. Interesting. So thank you so much, Taylor, for your time. And I would encourage our audience to check her website and the Instagram handle, send her a DM and check out for her trainings as well. Uh, you have any other trainings coming up? We have several different ones. They have ones for commu effective communications for teens. I have, and for tweens as well, which is like <laughs> how to interact with teachers and like in restaurants and parents and things like that in person, not and actually on, the, on, on social media as well. Um, where I have a couple different ones for business, like the effective communications and things like that nature. And then social, just like an over, overview of social and for parents mm -hmm. also. So parents, like top five tips for etiquette for kids.
<laughs> All right, understood. All right, so thank you so much, Taylor. I wouldn't get much of your time. I really appreciate you and see you everyone at the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for listening to the Drive to Succeed podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing this to your friends and tag us on Instagram at Daniel underscore Francisco underscore. Once again, thank you for joining us. See you in the next episode.